0: Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to witness some scenes from the next attraction to play this theater. This picture, truly one of the most unusual ever filmed, contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance, that you and the child leave the auditorium for the next 90 seconds.
1: Hello, my name is Tony, and this is the Video Nasty Project. Now, assuming you've wandered in here by accident, you're asking yourself, what exactly is a video nasty? Well, let me bring you up to speed real fast. Back in the early 80s, the home video revolution was just getting underway. VCRs were rapidly becoming ubiquitous to homes all over the world, and kind of like how they were afraid of the music revolution with MP3s, Hollywood was scared to embrace this new technology and didn't release a lot of their mainstream movies, afraid that it would cut into their theatrical releases. Independent distributors, on the other hand, had no fear of this and were quick to feed this demand for product, putting out anything they could get their hands on. If it was cheap and available, the distributors spotted by the metric ton slapped the most lurid and titillating cover on the front they could and sent it out regardless of quality. And so, video shelves were filled with movies like The Driller Killer, Nightmares on a Damaged Brain, Cannibal Holocaust, I Spit on Your Grave, Zombie Flesh Eaters, and so on and so on and so on. Enter Mary Whitehouse, the head of the National Viewers and Listeners Association, a morality watchdog group in the UK. Terrified that children would be corrupted into violent juvenile delinquents through exposure to these movies, White House led the charge to demand new levels of censorship and restriction. She caught the eye of the tabloid press, bent the ear of several members of parliament and otherwise whipped up an atmosphere of fear and moral panic. Local police used the Obscene Publications Act of 1959 to raid local shops, seize videos, and persecute shop owners. Yes, people went to jail, actual real jail for simply possessing a copy of I Spit On Your Grave. To assist local authorities in identifying these obscene and depraved movies, the director of public prosecutions released a list of 72 films that of the office believed to violate the act. Eventually, this list was revised as prosecutions failed or they were dropped. And the 72 turned into 39 films that were censored, banned and successfully persecuted the video nasties. And that's where my project comes in. My goal is for me and my friends to watch all of these band films, discuss them for your education and entertainment, and basically kill some time talking about a subject we really love. So, let's go watch the movie, shall we? Oh, have we got a video? <laughs> yes, we've got a video! <laughs> So, through the magic of editing, I've already told them who I am and what we're doing here, but um, we're uh, who the hell are you, jackasses, and what are you doing here?
0: I'm Brad. I'm here because I disapprove of cens- censorship. All right. Ashley, same, moi, same reason.
1: The microphone's over here. I'm Ashley, same reason. I'm going to tie you to the chair one of these days. All right. So. Might enjoy that. Mm. Anyway, so uh, I went through, I, I went through and got a whole bunch of quotes out of the uh, the Mary Whitehouse archives, and yes, she's crazy enough, she's prolific enough that she um, has um, her own archives in England. So I went through uh, what they sent me and uh, scrubbed out a whole bunch of quotes and citations and questions about uh, because, well, we're all pretty chill about censorship, and. They're not. But we don't we can't have a good debate because well, we're all on the same side. So I'll play devil's advocate. Go through a couple of these, you guys rebut. How about that? Sounds good. All right. So
0: sometimes you just can't find a conservative when you need one.
1: Uh,
0: Oh, more's the pity.
1: Oh well. There goes the conservative demographic. You've just insulted them all. All right. (laughs) So, if television advertising is effective, and there's no doubt that it is, then why should television be less effective when it advertises lax morals, cruelty and violence, promiscuity, per- and permissive behavior?
2: Your thoughts? Well, I would say because it's up to the individual to decide that sort of thing, especially
1: when it comes to parents and their kids. Ah, but if I'm a young child and I'm watching a video nasty, or I'm watching Texas of Chainsaw I'm the big bad television programming your child. How do, Why is that less effective than programming them to buy fruit loops? Well, because parents are more
2: likely to take their kids to go get fruit loops than they are to let their kids go buy a chainsaw.
1: Strong point. I never got a chainsaw when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, neither, neither did I. Was. All right. Not all right. even the toy one. I, I did have
1: did? a machete. Oh, I did have a sword too.
0: Nice. I did get to use a chainsaw under my father's supervision once I was big enough to actually do so. But
1: Aha, parental supervision. Exactly. That, yeah, that's key.
0: Exactly. And right. I only used it on wood, which is what you're supposed to use chainsaws on.
1: Really? Movies have been lying to me all this time? I guess right. so. All right. Shame. So, anyway, your, uh, your thoughts? Well, <clears throat> my thoughts is that the
0: individual should retain the right to be able to make decisions for themselves. That's one of the key aspects of liberty. Uh And if you have somebody from above, like the government, saying that you can and cannot watch certain things, this takes away a little bit of the liberty option. You know, you've just had somebody in authority say, no, you can't do something. But yet, it's not something that's like, morally bad because
1: it's not something that harms you. You'll love this quote. I'm going to jump to the end of the thesis here. This was from uh, something Mary Whitehouse had said uh, during a speech. Let us remember that freedom dies when moral anarchy takes over, and it uh, lives when the citizens accept limitations upon themselves for the good of society.
0: Okay. Granted, sometimes for the citizenry citizenry to uh, accept limitations upon themselves is to the betterment of a society. They're like, for example, people sensibly limit themselves to driving under a certain speed because otherwise it causes chaos and anarchy on the roads from traffic accidents.
1: Personal safety.
0: Yes, but that's because people have sent their representatives in to say what they hopefully want them to say and say, Okay, people driving too fast is a problem because too many people are getting guilt. Right, We should do something responsible about this. However, that's being wise about the law. That is being just. But when it starts to interfere with something that isn't physically or too horribly, emotionally harmful to people, people should be able to do whatever they want, provided it doesn't impose upon the rights of others.
1: Right. Well, which is kind of the take that I have on the the statement, is that we have had film for, you know, what, 100, 150 years. Television's around for 60, 70 years. And plays and Shakespeare for 2,000 years. And books, too. Lots of books. books. So none of this has has had a... I mean, Shakespeare has been violent as fuck. So none of that has had a negative impact on society. So we we should be okay with it. Why is it, you know, why blame horror movies now? That's an oversimplification.
2: Well, everything goes and fits and starts. I mean, no, not everybody accepted Shakespeare initially. I mean, there were a lot of people that objected to this stuff as base and vulgar, and it was for the vulgar oh, people since vulgar point. is literally means common, the commoners. Also, you know? I can
0: recall that um, when uh, Mary Wollstone, when Mary Shelley, uh, I can't pronounce her middle name right Don't now. Try. Um When Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, there was a huge amount of controversy about it. Because of the whole resurrection from the dead aspect, mm. and
1: tampering where God, yeah, tampering plates, where, yeah. God,
0: yeah. Where, where God, God does, does his stuff, and there were some conservative groups were outraged by the book, and yet today it is considered a classic.
1: Okay, now here's a, here's a spin for you. So you have let's take the Faces of Death. At the time when we were growing up, that was the 800-pound gorilla of of uh, of movies. If you wanted to, if you wanted to watch a sick movie, you Uh. watch faces. Now we watch it today, and obviously it's fake. But the thing is, though, we can now go find on YouTube hundreds and hundreds of movies that are way more nasty than that. So our perspective has shifted. If you go, you, you go back to the Frankenstein example, and there's that line where uh, Clive Owen, uh, he's, "I now know what it feels like to be God," and as he, oh yeah, that was a big, and they cut out. it out, and they, they they put a layer of, of um, uh, thunder over it. Mm-hmm. Now, big deal, nobody cares. So, time has shifted our perspective to being more more accepting. Gone with the
0: Wind, another classic. Yeah. The, the final line, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. People were outraged because there was swearing. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, that wouldn't even raise an eyebrow. No. Or, or for example,
2: like *The Clockwork Orange*. I mean, the book might That's not a have fine been banned, but the, well, the book is filled with rape and murder oh, by yeah. these by these teenage boys. You know, I mean, they beat people, they rape them. You know, Alex accidentally kills a woman. You know, uh, there's this whole. Reprogramming, aversion therapy, mind control, manipulation, that's uh, kind of proto-cyberpunk in the way the the, the, the character on the, in the gutter has to go up against the government that's trying to do him in. But he's also, like, one of the worst aspects of society, the violent teen. Oh, yeah. You know, the movie they made... Covered most of the book. They actually shot a lot. They cut out. But the 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 movie was so vile. Uh, Stanley Kubrick received death threats from people. He ordered the negatives and any copies of the movie buried someplace where they couldn't find it. So
1: that wasn't government censorship, even though it, was, mean, it was it, it was self-censorship. Yeah, it, but was, it was. It
2: was pressure from people. It wasn't just the commoners. I mean, he was being leaned on by a lot of people. I mean, this was 1970 when this movie came out. So you it's can imagine the, the different the whole thing
0: when the yeah. artist edit something but he,
2: he didn't edit it he, he got well rid of, he withdrew with, it. it he, he withdrew yeah. it because he was being threatened his family was being threatened with death yeah. like people wanted well, to kill it's them it's still different when the, when the
0: creator censors it
1: although i think well so there's the level of you have of government censoring you there's the level of uh the artist self censoring, and then there's this weird level of the public wants to get off the pitchforks and kill you. Yeah, he didn't censor censoring. It. He
2: didn't yeah. censor it. He didn't. He didn't cut a single frame that he meant to be in there. He just got rid of. He just all didn't copy. want to die. Yeah, he <laughs> just got rid of all copies and yeah. negatives and cutscenes and all that stuff and taught to- had it tossed in a landfill and buried and forgot about it. That's not the same thing as censorship. That's just withdrawing something in order to save your life. Is censorship when somebody's being censorious? They usually have their own reasons for it, you know. Whereas this was taken out of his hands by the fact that the general
0: public was basically coming after him, as he said, with pitchforks. Yeah, but that not was the same thing. his decision. That wasn't a decision by anybody higher up.
1: But it was forced onto him by external forces. So I yeah. kind of see your point. I mean, he
0: could have left it. I mean, considering... How- and he did
1: keep it released in America. Yeah, but yeah. It was he, just in the UK he pulled it.
2: Yeah, I mean, considering the movies that came out before Clockwork Orange, I mean, I mean, it's... L- England's history with violence is littered with this shit. I mean, the Hammer movies, once they moved into the 60s and started doing these costume, you know, epics, those period pieces, like Vampire Circus and stuff, just, you know, splashed with blood. I mean, like, literally, you know, splashed with blood. <coughs> you know, and they had mild sex and stuff like that, but it was always with that kind of 60s, sen- you know, sensuality. It wasn't, you know, banging and stuff like that. But like, even
1: the Hammer you know, got more and more lurid and titillating yeah, as time went. as they went, it. you know, and yeah. into the 70s. It just got more and more vile. Well, yeah, yeah like uh, what the taste of the blood of Dracula, I yeah. think. Uh, I mean, has this? I mean, you know, the four hipsters just absolutely tripping out on acid and, and this weird dance party thing. So yeah, it it got more and more um, naughty. I and mean, even, kind of
2: even Bond was getting into it with uh, uh, Diamonds Are Forever, where you had the two uh, gay uh, gangster, you know, thugs, you know, and with with homosexuality oh, yeah. becoming slightly but not completely, slightly more but not completely accepted. You know when they were when they managed to slip in you know gays or lesbians into a movie, it was kind of a big deal back back then that they weren't stereotyped, you know. And some movies you would think would have just edited the characters out altogether if the scene was short enough so that it didn't actually impact on the rest of it.
0: Yeah, you know that you know that um, that things have progressed well past that when when Disney, traditionally a fairly conservative uh, movie studio, is has very recently released uh, the live action version of Beauty of the Beast, which had a homosexual character.
2: And I think that either the next Star Wars or one of the next superhero movies is gonna have a gay
0: character, a major one in there. Yeah. You know? So, you know, it's it's just gradual the ball rolling of, 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 of progressiveness. Yeah. Right. And, and and a
2: changing demographic. Yeah, people want yeah. to be represented. Mm-hmm. That's you know, right. and, and that that's a major part of acceptance when you have enough people in the audience who are throwing down those ducats to get their butts in
1: those seats. Well, the black exploitation movement was a direct response to the black community not having movies. Heavy, yeah. Yeah.
0: And now it it's it's considered um, a bit of a raised eyebrow if you have a um, a cast in a movie that's that's not multi ethnic. Mm-hmm. Well unless yeah. it's something that's a period piece or set in a different country that where they're where the demographic is predominantly one ethnic type. Right. But if you're trying for something that's like set in the future, it it's considered a little odd nowadays if you don't have a spread of different sorts of people.
1: Right. All right. Uh so <clears throat> The danger of such material, such material being video nasties, was highlighted by the case heard at the Old Bailey, a weird English court that I'm not too sure about, uh, on the 27th of thir- uh, June 1983 when an uh, 18-year-old man was convicted of the brutal sexual assault on two women after an unremitting diet of horror videos.
0: Well, let's just say he wasn't messed up to begin with. You know, there's no... One has to look at that sort of thing in a scientific uh, forensics um legal courtroom sort of uh,
1: way of looking at the evidence exactly it who's, who's to say it was the video set him off that it was some sort of weird case of monkey see monkey do and more just he was a broken individual and he could have been set off by getting burnt toast he could have been set off by you know oh my god i heard you know a day in the life on the radio that morning it just happened to be the video had, that set up going
0: or he had a bad day at work right you know it, happens it was a to thursday people. You know. yeah yeah Crazy people do odd things sometimes for really irrational reasons. Even though
2: it might be completely rational to them, which proves, Oh, yeah. Which might just prove they're crazy
0: to begin with. All right. Um,
1: all right, here's a good one. So several of my colleagues and I have found that uh, primary aged vir that even primary age children see X-type uh, films on videos when their parents are out. Now, for a point of clarification, X does not necessarily mean what we expected to mean in the States, it's something else in the UK. It's more adult, less hardcore pornography. All right, uh, in certain families, the children watch these films with the parents. In one particular case, they have porn on Fridays because their father would rather his 12-year-old son watch these films with his, with his parents than secretly with his friends.
2: Well, that makes some sense. I mean, it's called parenting. You know, where you have a responsible adult parent saying, "Okay, so we're going to watch this just so you know what's going on here." And they're going dis- to might dissect it. They might watch it for a while. Then he's going to tell them what's going on. And then ask them if they have any questions about what they watched. You know, does it affect them in any way? You know, I mean, when it comes to kids and porn, the younger you are, the less you understand about what's going on. And in some cases, you might be actually upset. You think somebody's being hurt. Because of all the fast movement and all the the moaning and, nice. and all that stuff.
1: My mom, we, when I was growing up, took me to the drive-in theater pretty much every weekend. And I saw all sorts of crazy, grindhousey weird comedies. I saw Porky's. I saw, you know, all sorts of just crazy shit. And she knew that I could handle it. My... My parents had no objection
0: taking me to the to the theater with them and seeing R-rated movies. They did object to me going by myself, but you know I really couldn't get in uh, most places. But most things in an R-rated movie, my parents had no objection to me seeing, uh, except for hard levels of violence, and they just didn't take me to films with hard levels of violence. Right. Everything else was okay, provided I was being guided by them. Right. Well, I, I was emotionally scarred when I was about 10 by some stuff from,
2: in a magazine. And so basically, I would get very skittish around certain images. And music would sometimes set me off. It was music that I'd been listening to or singing like I was in the choir then. On that particular day, it would be a direct connection with that. And would almost pr- literally drive me crazy. But my mother took said she'd take me to see... Uh, my first R-rated movie, which in this case was Brew Baker's, came out in '80. That's not I much.
1: That's an odd horror, R-rated yeah, movie. But she wasn't going to take me to a horror film. Right.
2: But, you know, she was going to take me to something where it was relatively mundane. It was a prison picture with Nick Nolte. You know, and I was like, you know, I, I'm going to go see Barton Fink. Yay. And I, I decided, no, I didn't want to see it. You know, I just wasn't ready. I made the decision, right. and, you know, it was the same with Mad Magazine. I read Mad, but I took it to church one day, and because I took a magazine with me to church, my mom took it away from me said, you're not ready yet. And I had to wait another, like, till I was 13 before I could buy Mad on my own. You know, so parents make their own decisions for their own reasons. You know, in my mother's case, it was, you know, religion, and in my case, it was, I just wasn't ready.
1: Yeah. All right, here's a good one. So... Just suppose there was hard evidence that... Okay, now this was a lady addressing a video, st- video store owner. So assume for a second you're a video store owner. Just suppose there was hard evidence that a video bought from your store influenced a child to kill another child. Would you feel that you were still justified in hiring those videos out that the pleasure your customers say they got from the chi- uh, from the video would be worth a child's life? Now that's a loaded question. Really, that is a, a loaded that's question. That's a, a weird hypothetical, but... All right, let's field the ball. Well, there is an answer to that, and
2: it's pretty much centered around the idea that you really can't predict what people are going to do and that you can't always make a judgment call based on what people might do because of what went before. I mean, you're basically second-guessing human nature, and that's dangerous.
0: Different people react to the same things in different
2: ways. We can make the argument again about the Bible. Would you stop your children reading the Bible, considering all the war and stuff that went in there between the Romans and everybody they didn't like? Jesus being nailed to the cross, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah going up, you know, turning people turning into pillars of salt when they went back or looked back. I mean, that's vile stuff. That if you put that in a movie, you know, it might upset some people. Other people would say, this is an object lesson for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm going to say that I don't think that it's perfectly all right. To do something based on what somebody did, unless there is proof that the people involved in your next, you know, the next people come through the door either have a history of doing something like that, maybe you heard of them before, because we had Mary Kay Turno come into my store with her boyfriend. We know what they did. That didn't make us judge them when they wanted to buy paint, you know?
1: And also, I think one of the things is where would you draw the line? Exactly. In that. Okay, I, I, it doesn't personally personally affect me that much, but uh, I, I've heard people say that the Wizard of Oz freaks them the fuck out. Um, and the... i heard that, too. And, uh, you know, um, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is an absolutely sadistic, not necessarily violent, <laughs> but it's sadistic as hell, particularly yes. the bit where he's tripping out on acid, go flying through the tunnel, and all this weird shit's going on, and Gene Wilder is just absolutely... Raping Out your there. brain. Yeah. So, why, you know, where do you draw the line? Well,
0: also, um, I think that in the case of being a video store owner and you have a case where one of your products led to a murder, I would put a warning label on that package and I'd still allow people to rent it. But I would say there's something disturbing about this film.
1: And we have G, P G P G thirteen, R and X slash unrated. We have those rating
0: ratings for a reason. So And the UK can... has
1: something they have to submit every movie to a film board that says, No, you can't release this in America or in the UK or Yes you can release this but you gotta trim this this and this. Yeah. Um, so they have safeguards in place. It's mm-hmm. up to the parents and the responsible members of society to safeguard the people. Because not all things are, uh, not all temperaments in all ages can handle all material. Entertainment, art, is a huge spectrum of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like,
0: here's, here's, here's an interesting um, example that I've seen with the rating systems in today, as opposed to the rating systems back then, now, not only do we give it a letter rating, but we also put a little blurb... But
1: of what it is. Smoking, of it is. violence, smoking. dinosaurs eating people, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: You know, nudity, rape, smoking, whatever. I mean, like, for example, um, here's a good movie, um, The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. The Breakfast Club has some teenagers smoking pot, and it's... Part of the story. It is not something that is easily trimmed out. It's integral, but some parents would object to seeing teens smoking pot. Okay.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I can I can give a further example. Others wouldn't, <laughs> like uh, Miss Forty Five. I mean, the, the the main character in that, she gets raped not once but twice in as many minutes, which prompts her to her, you know, she basically turns into this, you know, vengeance machine, and it's all part of the plot. It's why she becomes who she is, you know, and it uh, speaks to how women, you know, are treated and how they are taken advantage of in certain situations, and so I wouldn't trim a, a single frame of that, yeah. because I think it's important to show what happened to this character, and that it
0: changed her. It's disturbing, it, but it's also, it's Critical to the
1: story. Right. So, we're in stoppage time, so we're going to uh, jump right to the, the summations. Is censorship a ne- necessary evil? Is it good? Is it bad?
2: I think intrinsically, in and of itself, it's kind of neutral. It's what you do with it. You know, the minds behind the censorship... I mean, if you're censoring for the re- for your own personal reasons, then that's bad. But if you have a society that's proven it can't handle certain things, and people take things way out of hand then I would say apply censorship with a judicious hand and not just blanket
0: everything. I I agree. It's it's like censoring David, the statue of David, because he's naked. You know, it's a classic. It's a wonderful piece of artwork. But some people object to it. It's one of those things that you should be able to reserve the right to judge it on your own judgment and the quality of the artwork that is presented
1: i'm going to go with censorship in certain instances is a good thing alice cooper said that he absolutely loved mary whitehouse because without her saying you cannot watch this his record sales would have been limp he she comes out and protests against him he sells zillions of copies he says i love that old bitch now and
0: Look at all the alcohol that was sold in the United States during uh, prohibition. Exactly.
1: Or, consider this. 39 movies that five you might have heard of, maybe the Dario Argentos, 39 of those movies would have been lost to time and nobody would have given two shits about them if, in fact, they hadn't been, you can't watch these, so we're sitting here watching them because somebody said we can't and there we go. And there we go. That's great. Okay, then. All right. Alrighty, there we go. One pilot episode in the can. Thank you for sticking with us as we stumble through this and figure out what's what and bring you up to speed on the video nasties. Uh, Please join us again here next week when we actually talk about a movie as opposed to just kind of stumbling through half an hour of talking about censorship. I know it's a little bit cliche, but if you could please like and share and subscribe our stuff because we have very meaningless existences and outside validation would be huge. And join us again here next week. I already said that, damn it. I gotta come up with a better way to bail out of these episodes.